The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You're tuned in to an all-new edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett, Brian Scott, Rippy, David Johnson coming up here shortly. Before we get to them, Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by Brennan Chapman of Homer Skelton Ford and Olive Branch and LB's Meat Market. Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by Brennan Chapman of Homer Skelton Ford and Olive Branch. That's right, Brennan. He spent eight years on the football staff at Ole Miss as a recruiting analyst, as he detailed brilliantly in a recent interview on this podcast. But he's out now. He's out of the game, having joined the family business, where his goal is to be with you through every step of the car buying experience, from purchasing to financing to servicing, all the way to the purchase of the next vehicle and the one after that. When you arrive on the lot at Homer Skelton Ford and the Branch, you'll quickly realize that this is a family business, which I can personally vouch for because I recently went through this process with Brennan. And I can safely say, if you're in his area, there's no one better to contact to help you find that car you've been searching for through someone you can trust. So reach out to him today at BrennanChapman.com. That's B-R-E-N-N-O-N Chapman.com. Whether it's shopping new or used, Brennan can help you out. That's Brennan Chapman of Homer Skelton Ford in Olive Branch. Talk of Champions is thrilled to welcome LB's Meat Market as one of its newest sponsors. LB's, the preeminent butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi. The place to go for any and all of your meat needs. Just right now, they've got the Lane Train Special, a six-ounce bacon-wrapped filet for $10. they got fresh seafood, grill packs, and a lot of different types of sausages. Put simply, if your grill is in need of meat, the only place to go in Oxford, Mississippi, is LB's Meat Market. Give them a call today at 662-259-2999. That's 662-259-2999. 
Stop by and see them at 2008 University Avenue. That's just across the street from Kroger. It's LB's Meat Market, your butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. He's Brian Scott Rippy at BS Rippy. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, don't care what you say. Leave a five-star review. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit. OMSpirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. The same place that our guest comes from, David Johnson. Because when I'm down in the dumps, when I need somebody to make me feel better, I called David Johnson. He picks me up because he just went through the whole COVID nightmare. He almost died. So in times like these, when football is about to be done, to have David Johnson come on and hear his voice makes me feel better. Rippy, not so much. Hey, buddy. I appreciate that sentiment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Tough weekend. I was, uh, I was, as we mentioned on Friday's pod, which the groom very much appreciated your advice. Oh, uh, good. Got a big kick out of that. But yeah, Saturday morning they had like a little like groom's lunch or whatever, where they like went out to like this like lake and you just hung out or whatever. Uh, I like opened Twitter for like five minutes on the car ride out there, saw all the chaos, and pretty much just turned the app off for the day. Just decided <laughs> decided I wasn't going down that road. But yeah, tough weekend as far as uh, the sports landscape. Didn't have to be this way, but it is. But I feel like as we're recording this, it's done. Didn't something come out recently, like in the last couple of 10 minutes or something? Yeah, so the Big Ten, according to Chris Solari, Solari, I don't know if I pronounced that right, who covers Michigan State football and basketball for the Detroit Free Press, the uh, Big Ten officially canceled, uh, has officially pulled the plug on its 2020 season. Um, I don't know if that means spring season or what, but they're not playing in the fall. And Dan Patrick reported this morning that it was a 12 to two vote. I believe Iowa and Nebraska yeah. were the two schools in favor of playing. But what was an interesting day yesterday, if you obviously followed all of this whole thing, is like it. It, it after so much bad news, you know, Saturday and and into Sunday, you kind of saw this player movement last night. The whole we want to play, I want to play, hashtag or whatever. And then it now it now seems like it. I could be wrong, and this could all be moot in a couple of uh, you know in a couple of days. But, but the Big Ten seems to be trying to force everyone's hand on this, and it seems like it's kind of turned into Big Ten, Pac-12 versus ACC, SEC, and Big Twelve, who at least for the moment appear to be holding strong. We talked about this on the phone last night. I mean, look, yes, the virus is a huge part of this, but isn't it getting to a point that? With the player move, I think they're so terrified of player movement and player unionization that they just reach the point that it's not worth it. Because do you think it's a complete coincidence that the two conferences that actually had players publish demands, albeit one more reasonable than the other, are the two pulling the plug the quickest? I mean, it's obvious. It's obvious. Yeah, they're using this as a meat shield. Yes, the virus is bad, but you can't tell me this is only to do with player safety. I'm just not going to buy it. Well, see, that's what pisses me off. When this all started, 
and we were staring down the barrel of the gun and understood that in March, for the next however many months, we were going to have to be disciplined and strict as far as building the plan towards playing in the fall. But rather than the NCAA doing what it's there for and leading, they just handed it off to the different conferences. And rather than the conferences coming together and uniformly approaching this with the expert advice of a singular voice or the best experts all together consensually saying this is what we're going to do, they just all branched off and did their own thing. And the Big Ten, it started that movement as far as making the biggest decisions without any input from the, from the other conferences. Because now, those seasons are like, what, a month away? You have to be in camp no later than a week from now to realistically prepare to start a season. So because of their boneheaded decision, they set a date for themselves that they were never going to meet. Say what you want to about the SEC and what you deemed as its indecisiveness. No, I thought the SEC, actually looking back on it in retrospect, handled it better than anybody. They wanted to wait to see what all the information was. And they moved their date to September 21st, 26th, whatever it is. Which allows them to check out the campus return, Yeah, too. yeah. See, for me, I always thought, yes, they set the date for September, but that was never going to really happen. Mid-October start sounded realistic to me. And ultimately, they play six games. They play eight games. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many games you play. You just need some games, preferably with some fans in the stands. But you need some games. Starting in mid-October, maybe things are a little bit different. But at least you have much more at your disposal. And by that point, if you needed to cancel, you cancel. You had actually convinced me that too much was at stake for them not to play football. And then Brett McMurphy reports a quote from one of those conferences that stirred all this shit up that said, y'all are covering the wrong story. It has to do more with sacrificing this year to protect the model that has been proven to be a farce, and that's amateurism. So these selfish conference commissioners or conference administrators They don't care. The goal was never then to play football. The minute players took claim of their own agency, the final nail was put into the coffin of college football in 2021. That's what it feels like because I still think they could play. It it does feel like that. And maybe there's a change, of course. Maybe the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 say, nah, screw it, we're going to forge – Onward, I don't know. But jumping back to what you said at the beginning there about them not acting uh, as one and kind of coming together for a concrete plan, the way the sport is structured, there's really no incentive for them to do that currently, right? Like you, your conference and your commissioner is going to do what's best for that conference. Same goes for the presidents. And as chaotic as that makes things, you know, during a global pandemic, there's really not much incentive for them to act as one. And so you're just kind of, I mean, we're talking in circles, and this is probably a conversation for another day, this part of it. But this model and the whole sport was kind of broken in a lot of ways in how it operates. 
and the pandemic really just kind of underscored that and brought all those issues to light. And now they're going to be forced to correct them uh, because this is not going to, when this comes back, it's not going to look similar in my opinion to what it does now. And like I said, that's down the road, probably a conversation for another day, but like, I don't even know what this looks like in a year. This is the darkest timeline. This is the worst case scenario. And I'm scared to death. I'm scared to death for our business. Thank God for the Ole Miss Spirit subscribers who have hung in and have been awesome. I mean, we're doing well. So thank you for that loyalty. Y'all are great. I mean, but this business, this major multi-million dollar business of college football is being blown up by greed. Because you could play. You could play. But to play, because bubbles have proven to be successful, the NFL is going to play. But they're going to play because they can actually pour all their money into testing and all their players are on contracts. No one wants to give college athletes contracts. Okay, well, you're not going to get college football. That's what this has come down to. And I'm fine with it. I'm fine with acknowledging it. Because I know a lot of fans that tune into this podcast get exhausted by the conversation. Hell, I get exhausted talking about it. But that's what it is. They're saying the quiet part out loud now. Yeah. I mean, like you just, I mean, you basically, the short way to sum it up is there's a safe way to do this, but it would require them acknowledging something they have no interest in acknowledging. And so they're going to pull the plug on it. But is there not a level of short sightedness to these decisions? Because I, I am a, I'm a believer in the whole, like, they're safer on campus with the medical care and the structure they get. But even on top of that, like, how do you know this is going to be any better in six or eight months or, hell, even a year? Like, you don't know that. So, like, to me, there's a, there's a, there's a short-sighted aspect of this as well in terms of canceling the season right now without at least giving it a shot. So, I just, I mean, how do you know this is going to be better in the spring if that's what they decide to do? Or even next fall. Do you know that? No, you don't know that. And anybody talking about the possibility of a spring season is talking out of their ass. The back end of that has never made sense. No one has ever been to logically explain what happens after that. You can't. What are you going to do? Have two football seasons in the course of, a, of one calendar year? No. That's not logistically possible. And all the kids in the spring that have any value, if they're a first-round pick, second round, third round, it doesn't matter. They're opting out. If you're a draft-eligible prospect that has any chance of being drafted, even in the seventh, they're opting out. So what product are you even getting in the spring? Now, maybe getting football in the spring allows you to get basketball in the spring, Because here's the thing, you don't get football, it's very unlikely you get basketball. If you don't get basketball, you're never going to get baseball. Because baseball, much as every Ole Miss fan loves it, baseball is not a revenue-generating sport. So think about that. Yes, Ole Miss football losing that sucks. Losing Ole Miss basketball sucks. That baseball team was 16-1 when play was suspended and ultimately canceled. If they don't get it in the spring, you will have lost two years of a rotation, a generationally talented rotation, led by Gunnar Hoagland and Doug Nikhazy to take you back to Omaha. 
That is absolutely crushing. It's devastating. But that's where we are. Because if you don't get football in the fall, you can't convince me you're getting sports in the spring. Because football in the spring makes no logistical sense. And I feel bad, like I'm going to talk about with David Johnson coming up, all the recruits coming through. But also, think about the Austrian Robinsons, the Josiah Coatneys, those undrafted free agents in the NFL. They're getting shortchanged too because they couldn't be evaluated in rookie training camp, OTAs. Instead, they're just cut loose. Kids not getting offers in recruiting that otherwise would be getting offers because they couldn't go to camps. A lot of kids are going to fall by the wayside. Adults, not just kids. Adults being Austrian Robinson. They're not kids. I'm not even going to call these kids in student in uh, college kids. But you understand what I'm saying. A lot of these dudes are going to fall by the wayside, fall into the margins because of this decision. And the big wig decision makers don't care. Because if they cared, we'd play football. There's a way to do it. But they don't want to acknowledge it. They don't want to admit it. They're willing to sacrifice this 2020 season to protect amateurism. That's what it says to me. And for me, yeah, that's unforgivable. Agreed. And how does that even protect it? I, are we not going to revisit all of this whenever it does come back? What's going to happen to water on it? Well, what's going to happen to the old misses that are already cash strapped? Ole Miss is going to have to cut sports, a lot of sports probably. I mean, Ole Miss is hurting. And I'm sure Ole Miss is not the exception here. There are a lot of schools out there, not just in the SEC, that are hurting financially. What is this going to do to them? Yeah, you might be an Alabama, a Clemson. You're raking in the dough. Your emergency fund, it's massive. A treasure chest. Ole Miss doesn't have that. Hell, I would venture to say that Kentucky, well, Kentucky basketball, so whatever, maybe. Mississippi State probably doesn't have that. Better than Ole Miss, though. Because Ole Miss has got millions tied up in escrow that it's not going to get. It needed that $40 million in television revenue. There is no more emergency fund for Ole Miss. That was zapped. They're paying out buyouts still to Matt Luke. Maybe Houston not? Probably not. But the buyout situation for Ole Miss has been terrible. Absolutely terrible. This is not good. This is the worst case scenario. I tried to avoid social media. And I really tried to avoid it this weekend. I look at Twitter still a little bit. But I'm trying to avoid it because every time I go on there, it's just bad news. And on Saturday, I open up my phone. What do I see? College football on its last leg. And you might be wondering, what happened? David and I cover that pretty extensively. Effectively, a study was done. There are underlying heart conditions that come with COVID patients. David's one of them. He's dealing with it. And when they saw that, that's when the, the plug was pulled. That's when it was over. There's a football player in Indiana right now. He's got COVID. And the heart condition deal popped up. This is the worst case scenario. 
And if college football had the resources, like the NBA, the NFL, where they could test and test and test, they have the best protocols of anybody. It could work. But college administrators, the big wigs, they're not willing to make that sacrifice. Agreed. And now you're left in just a disastrous situation. I mean, I mean, I know this is another aspect of it, but you talk about worried about the in- the industry, which I definitely am. What about these towns? Oh my God, Starkville, Auburn, Oxford, Tuscaloosa. I mean, you're talking about all these towns, except for a few exceptions. You know, Baton Rouge, pretty big. Nashville, huge. Lexington, pretty big. Outside of that, these are small towns that depend on this. Like that's it seems like an irrecoverable financial hit. I mean, hell, baseball season was. Can you uh, imagine think about what the hotels? Is? How many of the hotels popped up in Oxford because of football? I, I can't even count. I mean, yeah. everywhere you look now, there's new ones. New hotels everywhere. Building them in small crevasses of Oxford. Across from Star Package. What's that hotel across from Star Package? I don't know how they fit a hotel there, but they did. It's like a Comfort Inn in Suites or something. And they fit that on like the top of a hill. It's crazy. Because they were <laughs> desperate to get that place and get a hotel to take advantage of all of those visiting fans that were coming into town and paying money to go to bars, go to the games, and to be within walking distance of the square and of Vault Hemingway Stadium. So they built a hotel across the street from Star Package where there was no place to really build anything. And they sure as hell did it. And that just shows you how lucrative college football is to these towns in particular, to the local economies. And for Ole Miss not to have that, for Oxford not to have that, it's devastating. I think a lot of businesses that have been around, those established businesses, will be fine. Well, not fine, but will be able to survive. But if you're new... I don't know how you do it, especially when you're relying on people coming from out of town in name recognition. I don't want to name any particular restaurants here, but if you're a chain that set up shop in Oxford recently, you did so knowing that a lot of your money was not going to come from the locals. Like Handy Andy's ain't going anywhere. Locals are going to go eat at Handy Andy's. Will they go eat at generic chain restaurant A with a nice little bar atmosphere when they can go to Proud Larry's. No, Proud Larry's will be fine. But if you're in the former group, you're in trouble because locals have no loyalty to you. And the base in which you were selling your product to, uh, you were selling your product towards, it has been obliterated to now it's singularly set on the local population. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Oxford isn't that much bigger than the town I live in, my hometown, New Albany. I drive over to Oxford now to go to work. It's not much bigger than New Albany. So businesses are going to go under. And it didn't have to be this way, but it is. I mean, hell, even some of these bars, like I remember when I was a college student, like, I would sometimes stay up here, like, during part of Christmas break, just, like, working hoops games or whatever. 
And a lot of these bars closed when the students leave. Yeah. Because it's just not worth staying open for that period of time. Granted, it's not that oh, many in the days, summer. But like, in the summer. Restaurants yeah. close earlier. Summer hours. Rather than stay out till 11 or stay open till 11, we're closing at 8.30. That's what happened. We were so used to it. I used to love living in Oxford in the summer. It was like living in a completely different town. You could go anywhere you want, eat anywhere you want. It wasn't crowded. You could play on the golf course all you want. Not anymore so much, but you get what I'm saying? You were living in a normal Mississippi town. When students came back, totally different deal. So, yeah. Now it's going to be like that all the time. And there are going to be restaurants, those that aren't firmly established, that are going to be hurt. How can you pay rent on the square if you're a restaurant? Rent's already through the roof over there. Can you imagine a square of empty buildings? Be super eerie. I mean, those, it reminds me of those pictures uh, like some of the local reporters here took at the first stages of the shutdown. I remember uh, Jake Thompson of the Oxford Eagle like went and walked around the square one night, kind of the first weekend, the kind of the whole world shut down. And it was creepy looking. Like, very, very creepy. And, uh, you know, a square full of empty buildings. Good, good gosh. It's a bummer. Dan Patrick of um, the Dan Patrick Show, which I listen to every single morning. The Big Ten and Pac-12 will cancel their football seasons on Tuesday. Tomorrow. Or as you're listening to this, today. Jeez. Yeah, didn't have to be this way. <laughs> what are we going to do? I don't know. Wow. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> golf is still alive and kicking. You want to start a golf website? Oh, man. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep churning out these podcasts. But we really can't cover COVID, 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 COVID for the next year. I've been tired of talking about this for oh two months. Oh, God. I'm tired of talking about this. I'm tired, of, I'm tired of talking about paying players. I'm just – I'm tired of a lot of things. I'm not tired of talking to David Johnson. He's coming up on the Modern Woman phone line. Before we get out of here, what are you working on right now? What am I working on? Mm-hmm. Uh, packing boxes. Oh, you moving? Yeah. So, uh, that's really about it. I don't know. There's a couple of things I kind of got some ideas out there for, but I'll probably know later this week. Yeah. I'm not going to count, uh, or I'm not going to hold my breath for that. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that though. Jackson Super, two Ole Miss, uh, golfers, if you're looking for your Ole Miss fill, are at the, uh, U.S. Amateur this week at Bandon Dunes. They tee off at 11 and I think like 12, 15 today. So you got Woo! that going on. I'll be following that. So your buddy... When he heard the advice, is he going to actually follow the advice? Yes, I think he'll follow the advice. He was just, uh, they were very relieved uh, to just kind of have uh, gotten that done, per se. I I can't imagine trying to plan a wedding during all of this, and then much less having to move and cancel said wedding, like, twice. So, like, yes, I think think he will. They've been dating since, like, the eighth grade. Like, so they, uh, Uh, (laughs) they've been dating for, like, ten years. So, I think they're good. they're in Cancun, escaping all of this madness. They're in Cancun right now? 
Yeah, I think on the beach, probably enjoying a uh, margarita or something. The beach is the perfect place to be right now. That's what yeah. pisses me off <laughs> in the media when they're taking all these pictures of crowded beaches. A beach is perfect. A beach you can socially distance. You're outside. You can actually break from the monotony of everything. The beach is great right now. Now, if you're going to Disney World and you're getting stuffed into that Petri dish, yeah, not so much. But the beach? Beach is perfect. Beach is perfect. And you know what else is at the beach? You're uh, less incentivized to click on your Twitter app. Yes. I can speak to uh, experience of that in June. All right, Rippy. See you later. Sounds good. See you. Going now to David Johnson on the Modern Woodman phone line. Before we do, let's hear from Modern Woodman in BNA Bank. Are you tired of working 9 to 5 for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook, or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. David Johnson's joining me now. Works with me at the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com. An affiliate of 247 Sports. Supposed to be for a recruit check, but let's be honest, recruiting is among many other things under the umbrella of what we're concerned about right now. David, what's up, man? Hey, Ben, how are you this morning? I'm freaking out. You? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of that going around right now. Is uh, we're kind of floating around on a raft in a sea of unknowns, so to speak. Uh, Right now, we don't know what the next hour is going to bring, much less tomorrow. And, uh, you know, it's an unfortunate situation for college football and all the uh, businesses and industries tied to college football uh, that stand to lose a whole lot if uh, there is no fall season. And uh, then i got to be honest with you, you stick your finger in the wind this weekend, and it, it doesn't sound good. It doesn't feel good out there right now. Every indication is that it's a matter of when, not if the season gets canceled. And I don't think it's realistic to talk about a spring season. You're talking about two seasons in one calendar, year, spring, and then fall. That's not realistic. That's not going to happen. If we don't get football this fall, which doesn't look like we're going to get football this fall, I very much doubt we're going to get football until 2021 in the fall of 2021. 
Yeah, I would kind of agree with that. You know, I think if you don't play this fall, trying to play in the spring or January or February, it's probably a little overly ambitious. Um, you know, the players started a movement last night, kind of nationwide with hashtag and we want to play on Twitter. And we know they want to play. Most of them want to play. Um, this is not a decision, Ben, that's going to be made in the realm of athletics. And that's the unfortunate thing. Coaches are not going to make this decision. Athletic directors aren't making this decision. These are people who are who, who primarily operate outside the world of athletics that are going to make this decision. So I don't expect the players' movement to have a whole lot of influence in this. I mean, it's, it's good that they're trying to get their voices heard. They should have a voice in all of this. But um, I don't think it's going to matter at the end. Uh, you're going to have this decided by university presidents and uh, doctors and lawyers, unfortunately. And, um, you know, when you look at the minefield, the potential minefield of litigation, if things go awry, if they play this season, I think it's enough that you're going to see universities all over the country shut their doors. Out of the 12 teams in the Big Ten, the report's out now that only Nebraska and Iowa voted to play. Ten of the 12 Big Ten teams said no to a fall season. And uh, that's a major domino there if the Big Ten makes it official and they decide they're not going to play, which is the current status while we're recording this podcast. And it's something that, that puts even more pressure on the SEC to follow suit, I believe. I just think it's absolutely embarrassing that all the Power Five conferences couldn't come together and, and try to at least approach this uniformly. They just decided to all go it alone, and now you're pressing up against a season if you're the Big Ten whatever, while the SEC decided on September 26, 21, whatever the date was. So I just think it's absolutely yeah. absurd that every one of these conferences tried to go it alone. And the NCAA, you and I, we, we talk shit about the NCAA more than anybody, so we have no love there for the NCAA. But even uh, saying look, that – They put, I rubber, mean, they put rubber gloves on, Ben. They're hands off of this situation. Yeah. They want no liability for whatever is decided. There's been no leadership provided by Mark Emmerich and the NCAA at all yep. in this. They're, I mean, they've passed the buck onto the conferences and onto the individual universities, which is terrible. You know, if there's something good that's going to come out of this, I think you're going to see a, a major paradigm shift where the NCAA is not going to be this all-powerful entity any longer post-COVID. I think you're going to see a lot of change in college football. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. Everybody's frustrated. Uh, fans are frustrated. We, uh, you and I are frustrated, along with all our colleagues across the country. Um, you know, and uh, the players are frustrated. And in particularly, the players should be frustrated. You realize they're being asked to get up every morning and go about their business and put in all the work that they're putting in, all the blood, sweat, and tears right now. And they, they're not dumb, Ben. They know that the likelihood of playing football this year is zilch. Pretty much at this point, Paul Feinbaum on Monday morning said he thought the SEC season was on life support. Not dead yet, but on life support. And, um, you know, yet, uh, you know, 100-something Ole Miss players got up this morning, suited up, and went and got their tones ran out. 
that's how the, fair is that to those kids? It's not, and that's the unfortunate thing about it is the kids are getting left behind here. And I know that uh, on this podcast, a lot of the people that listen get tired of hearing us talk about paying the players. But, I mean, that's really one of the biggest issues now too because you could play. I mean, you've seen the models play out for bubbles in the NBA, the NHL. Uh, the NFL is going to play, but they're assuming the risk the players are because they're being compensated. And you actually saw, I think it was Brett McMurphy reported this, that uh, a high-ranking official in either the Big Ten or the Pac-12 said that the media, us, we're not covering the bigger story, which is effectively that the Power Five, the NCAA, they don't want to admit that the old model is broken and that – <laughs> amateurism is yeah, a farce. Yeah, chuckle at that. Yeah, they, they want yeah. to keep up the farce that amateurism is a real thing when it isn't. And, and I think that's one of, going to be one of the biggest shifts, like you talked about, once COVID is over with, is if the Power Five does remove itself from the NCAA, then they're going to allow kids um, to be compensated fairly. Because I, I doubt we're going to see a generational pandemic again while we're alive here. But still, uh, at some point, we got to figure out a way to where this doesn't happen again. I mean, we're about to lose football, and that's horrifying. And if you're a player, that affects everything. That is robbing kids of opportunities that they otherwise um, would have had had this not happened, had they been able to play football. And it goes to recruiting too. You know that. Absolutely it does, and it's horrifying on a number of fronts. I mean, it's horrifying to you and I. I'm I mean, scared to death. You know, this, this is what we do for a living. And, um, you know, though we work for one of the one of the most caring and strongest organizations in the country in this industry. I mean, at some point, the, the you know, the dam's going to break, uh, you would think. And, um, you know, we would be dumb not to keep one eye on that. We need football from a personal standpoint, but it's not about us. Think about the guy who's got the restaurant down on the square. Or the, the, the person that, that makes their money in the hospitality industry, the people employed in those segments. I mean, all of that is going to be affected. And the entire co- economy in towns like Oxford, all across the country, will take a tremendous hit because they're overbuilt to accommodate a football season. And then all of a sudden, that football season is not there, and there's going to be a lot of pain felt. And that's the... That's the sad thing about it, you know. On the on the same side of the on the other side of the fence, rather, I understand the player safety issues. Um, you know, particularly now that you have, uh, you know, heart issues that can be part of the. And that's what did this in COVID right that that aftermath. study. That's a, I yeah. think that's the thing that that really uh, really kind of kind of um, put us where we are right now. You have the offensive lineman at Indiana who uh, was, you know, diagnosed with COVID after he reported, and now uh, he's, he's having heart issues. And then that study showing 14%, 14% is not a small number either. Yeah, um, yeah. no kidding. Of, of, of kids who were asymptomatic when they contracted COVID having heart issues. And uh, that's, a, that's a scary proposition for universities and conferences to, uh, to open yourself up to something terrible happening when you play the season so i understand that side of things as well um and and you know the bottom line ben is if the big 10 decides they're not going to play and it certainly looks like that's going to be the case you can't do it i I mean from a liability standpoint 
you can't do it. Number one, you look like you're you're nothing but money grubbing um, uh, CEOs at that point. It's all about the dollar, and 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 in a large part, that's true. It is all about the dollar. But here in Oxford, we know the Ole Miss athletic department desperately needs to play a season to get that forty plus million dollars of television money. I mean, when you've had millions put away in an escrow account. Some of it taken away for good. Some you'll get back next year because of the NCAA probation. It puts you in a bad, bad spot and uh, to continue to operate. And it's uh, it's a brave new world out there. Ole Miss is going to lose some sports because of this. Now, you would think so. You would definitely think so. Now, at the Pac-12, out there in the Pac-12, and they're not as in good a financial shape as SEC as a whole, I see where the conference has negotiated 80-plus million-dollar loans for each of their athletic department if they're needed to help kind of bridge the gap. But the bridge may be one too far without a college football season. You know, they, these universities have spent years and years building cathedrals and ungodly facilities um, and blowing through a lot of this money. You're going to see a building freeze, too. I don't think you're going to see stadium expansions and, uh, you know, new facilities and things like that in the near future. Either. People are going to have to tighten their belt to rebound from this. And, uh, you know, at this hour, we're still holding out hope that there's a season, but it certainly does not look good. We'll get right back to David Johnson of the Ole Miss Spirit in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. We're all doing whatever we can to survive quarantine, right? It can be tough. We're making purchases to keep our sanity, to keep us happy. Maybe you're going on Amazon, hit an add to cart, purchase. Maybe, just maybe, you're in the market for a new car. And if you are, I know the place you should go. The only place you should go. And that's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Allen Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. But what separates Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Allen Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. If I myself have not had a personal experience with any sponsor, they're not going to be on this podcast. And my longest relationship is with Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Why? Because I can't say enough good things about Brian and Mason and the rest of the team. I don't like to haggle. I don't like to negotiate. I don't like the whole process of buying a car. With Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, you can avoid all of that. They're looking out for you. So give them a call today, 662-234-8000. You can stop by and see them at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, the only place to find your perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Self-isolation, quarantine, has brought about its own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Cheney's Pharmacy, they've earned your trust. You can count on them. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization immunizations compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down. 
Give Chaney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at chaneyspharmacy.com. We've all got our own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Chaney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Oh, I'm not holding my breath. And like I said, I'm scared to death for our industry. And I know people don't really think about that. And I don't blame them for not caring about it. But I care about it. I care about you. I care about Chuck. I care about Yancey. I care about Dylan Chase. All of them that are involved with this. And when I look at it, I'm, I'm thankful that we have a subscriber base that has hung in with us, even as things have been yeah. difficult. And that was pre-COVID. I mean, when you had Matt Luke struggling and the seasons weren't going well and there wasn't a lot of excitement – our subscriber base hung in there, and that was such a comforting thing for us, you know. But it's still, it's it's hard right now. Yeah, they did, and they have, and 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 we probably don't convey how much we appreciate everyone. Everyone turns to the Ole Miss spirit, every single one of you, and uh, I just want to make that perfectly clear. Uh, you know, you feed my family, and uh, you feed Ben's family, and Chuck's family, and Nancy's family. And uh, we, we couldn't be more grateful oh, man. for each and every uh, one. My life has been built because of the Ole Miss spirit, man. So this is a scary time, and it's scary for recruits too. That's what you came on here for was to talk about recruiting. But, I mean, think about all of these kids, man. They can't go to campuses. They can't go to camps. They can't really see these schools. They don't even know when they're going to be able to sign because I would assume that they're not going to be able to sign in December. They're going to push that back. And at this rate – they might even push back the February signing period in, into the spring, like signing and basketball signs or something. But these kids, even then, are going to be making these decisions having not seen campuses. Yeah, and they haven't paid much attention or given much attention to the recruiting situation because obviously there are bigger fish to fry in front of them right now. Um, and, and when I say them, I mean college administrators, the decision makers that will ultimately decide this. But, uh, I mean, put yourself in the kids' shoes and you, you, you bring the kids' side up. They have visited the campuses. There are kids committing to schools that have never stepped foot on the campus of the university they're committed to, have never personally met the coach that they're going to spend the next four to five years playing for. And, Ben, I think what that's going to yield is a whole lot of churn when uh, the, the, the restrictions, the moratorium on-campus visits is ultimately lifted. I mean, a kid's going to go visit Nebraska where he's been committed to eight months for the first time and go, man, this is 800 miles from home out in the middle of nowhere. I'm not going to go to school here. I want to go take some other visits. Or, man, I didn't like how they treated me when I showed up there i got to look elsewhere. I think you're going to see a lot of turnover and a lot of churn. So to be honest with you, I wouldn't freak out right now about the number of commitments or lack thereof in the Ole Miss class because I think it's going to be a free-for-all at the end. I really and truly do. And maybe, just maybe, Lane Kiffin and his staff realize that as well. And maybe they don't deserve the criticism that they're getting for having – you know, a bottom feeder class in the SEC at this point in the month of August. I think there's a little bit of blame, but I, I agree to your general premise here. And- I, I would like to see them pay more attention. I'm not saying they're not paying attention. 
I'd like to see them be a little bit more fruitful, successful inside the state of Mississippi right now. Yeah, yeah. But that's also a part of COVID, that they haven't gotten to see these prospects in person. Yeah. So a lot of those evaluations for, I'm just throwing a name out there, Antonio Harmon isn't the same for this staff as it was for the previous staff. There's really no evaluation quite like the one the previous staff had because this staff has not seen that kid in person or any of these kids in person. So if you're wondering if they're slow playing kids that they otherwise wouldn't be slow playing, yeah, sure looks like it because they haven't seen these kids in person. And if you played in an offense in high school that's a wing T that doesn't fit your play style and what you're going to be in college, well, they haven't seen that yet. All they see is that tape for Podunk High School in Mississippi that runs an offense stuck in the 50s. Well, you bring up Antonio Harmon. I have seen Antonio in several very intimate camp settings. He reminds me of DK Metcalf. He's awesome. Uh, in a lot of ways. And, man, let me tell you something. I know the kid pretty well. He is, he is so mature. He is not into the, the game playing in the world of recruiting. Uh, he's very focused, and uh, he's going to be one heck of a player. If Ole Miss doesn't get him, Ole Miss will get beat by Antonio Harmon wherever he goes. And, um, you know, I think the two schools, actually three schools that you really need to keep a close eye on, in addition to Ole Miss. Georgia. Georgia, because of his relationship with Matt Luke. LSU, because Ed Orgeron is one heck of a recruiter. And uh, the other being, um, come on, Mississippi State, the other in-state school. And uh, Antonio has kind of, kind of, kind of backed everybody off. He's kind of focusing right now on making sure he gets a qualifying ACT score. But he's a guy I take no matter whether I've had an in-person yeah. evaluation or not. <laughs> I mean, bottom line. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this kid has monster potential. I think he's very underrated. He's a four-star, a high four-star, but at the same time, I still believe he's underrated. I've seen him. The problem with his film is he played in a, plays in a Kosciuszko High School offense that has not, and to an extent, could not throw the football. But, oh, my goodness, you watch him in a camp setting. He stands head and shoulders above the rest. It's just tough right now. It's tough for prospects. It's tough for coaches, especially first-year staffs. Recruiting is such a mess, and it's getting forgotten in the bigger national conversation. Um, like a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned that good news was coming for Ole Miss. It did. They got two commitments, and that those two kids were going to be dominoes for some more movement to come. Do you still see movement coming? I do. I do. I think you'll see a little bit, uh, a little bit more before summer's in. But I don't necessarily think you want a 20-commit class by the time the summer is over. But again, I go back to uh, I think you're going to see a whole lot of churn when this moratorium is lifted. And I think you've got to be able to be flexible at that point to be able to pick up better players than uh, you otherwise would have had if, you, if, if you're all about numbers and filling up the boat right now. I have no confidence that the NCAA – is putting the steps in place to protect the recruitable athletes right now. I don't no, think they're even thinking about it. No, I don't think so either. All the focus has been on trying to play a season, and it looks like that's about to go down with the tub water 
Um, and then maybe you, you, you start putting an eye on that because signing day would be the next big event in college football that may happen or may not happen. And it's not fair to anybody right now if there's an early signing period in December when these kids haven't been able to come to campus and coaches have not been able to do the in-person evaluations they so desperately need. Man, what's recruiting yeah. going to look like I mean, in January, just, February? That's a that's a great question because uh, I'm not sure you'll be putting the, the bows on the 21 class by that time. Like you said, I could see that being extended further into the spring. And, um, you know, and that's going to that's gonna slow the progress of the 22 class. And then you, you've got issues to deal with. What do you do about seniors this year? Are they going to be granted an extra year of eligibility? And all of a sudden you're, you're going to be carrying approximately 110 scholarship players? And how do you end that cycle? Or are the seniors going to get screwed, basically? and not get that extra year that they deserve. Every one of them deserves. When you see the we want to play movement, is there really anything that that means outside of the players are voicing their opinions on Twitter and social media? I mean, is that – it seems like no. a little bit of an empty thing. They're not going to have a seat at the table in this final decision. It's empty. I think you're exactly right. It's gl- I'm glad to see them voicing their opinion and, and letting themselves be heard. But I don't think it matters, not one iota. But getting back to the whole senior thing, I mean, you know, you got to look at it like this. Some of those guys are 23, 24 years old, and they have life plans. And um, not playing this fall is going to cost some of them their senior season because they're going to look at it and go, you know, it's time for me to move on. I'm not going to stick around here and be a college student another year. It's time for me to enter the, the the workforce, whether that's in the private sector, the coaching sector, or opting for the NFL draft and starting to get paid for what you do. So my rosters, thing, rosters will look different. Yeah, my sure. thing is um, when I'm thinking about I, I know that people get exhausted by the whole paying the players argument or discussion, but – that is the discussion. That's why this is happening right now. Why they're really that? Why yeah, they're and, willing and, to sacrifice this season for the greater good in their brains? But for me, I think that at the end of this, what we could see is first and foremost players getting at least a cost of living stipend to go along with the stipend they already get, and relieving some of their academic responsibilities. And an idea that I've come up with is effectively that. A kid only has to take six hours a semester while he's playing football or basketball or baseball. And then after he's done, you can take more than that if you want to, if you feel like you want to accept more of that burden, but you don't have to, only six. And by the time you're done, your eligibility is gone. You have two years to finish out your degree, whenever that is. You can come back 10 years down the line, you got two years to finish out your degree. And that would ease some of that burden. And that's what was frustrating to me about I appreciate the Pac-12 players coming out and making demands and trying to use the leverage that they have right now, but the demands weren't realistic at all. They weren't even a good starting point. Yes, that was a starting point. That's where you start negotiations, but you could actually get some real things right now, and those are real things like a cost of 
living stipend is something you could use. Name, image, and likeness. All of these things could help and could help us get on the field right now. And I, I feel like the kids should not get any blame, but all parties here have not handled this well at all. And it's just unfortunate. Well, and the group that's getting hit the worst, yes, the players not playing the season, it's awful for them. But the players that are getting forgotten completely, and that's recruiting. Yeah, I get that. And, and you know, I hear that argument all the time, too. Well, they're getting a free education. They're getting a degree. i got to pay for my kids to go. Well, I've got one I pay for to go to school, too. And, uh, and I've got one that's on a full football scholarship. And, I, I mean, I don't begrudge him for that. Certainly. But, um, you know, it's kind of like when, when Jackson Pollock or Picasso did their first work of art, they probably sold it for cheap, cheap. But once it became valuable on the market, well, how much is a Jackson Pollock or a Picasso worth today? These players see that. At the Power Five level, they're generating millions upon millions, about hundreds of millions of dollars off their back for the university CEOs of football programs, AKA the head coaches are making millions of dollars annually. Some of the highest paid people in the world, athletic directors salaries are now approaching a million dollars. And a kid from suburban Atlanta who wants to come play football at Ole Miss and who's here has to live and subside off 1400 bucks a month. That is not fair. That has to pay for his apartment, his utility bills, any food that football is not providing him. If he wants to take his girlfriend out, put gas in his car, insurance on his automobile. How much is left at the end of the month, Ben? Nothing. And it's not enough to stretch. Yet you're asked, this kid is part of the biggest money operation your university has and people are getting filthy rich off of it yet the kid is getting nothing but the degree and let's be honest a college degree is so common now it's not worth what it was 20 30 40 years ago but it costs 10 times more than it did back then that voice you hear is David Johnson. He works with me at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. This is Talk of Champions. Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by Mosquito Marshalls, another proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Are bugs ruining your evenings outside? Do you want to reclaim your yard from those pesky bugs? Well, Mosquito Marshalls is here to help, to let their customers and their families enjoy living outside again. At Mosquito Marshalls, their top priority is to keep their customers bite-free by providing the best mosquito control services in the industry. The goal is simple, to protect their customers' homes and businesses from mosquitoes, fleas, ticks, and they stand by their results. If you're not 100% satisfied, they'll respray your yard for free. But how do I know this? Because I have first-hand experience. Mosquito marshals rode out to my house and sprayed my yard. Took them no time, and I haven't seen a mosquito since. And trust me, I'm just like you. In quarantine, all me and my daughters can do is go outside, ride a bike, play some ping pong in the garage. Don't let a mosquito mess up your good time. No, schedule your appointment today. You can give them a call at 662-715-1818. That's 662-715-1818. Or visit Mosquito Marshalls online at mosquitomarshalls.com. 
Mosquito Marshals, serving Oxford, Batesville, Water Valley, New Albany, Pontotoc, wherever you are, they'll come to you. Mosquito Marshals. I paid off my wife's student loans. I'm saving up for my kids. I get it. I get that you look at athletes, but my whole deal is this. We're not getting football because now you've got the Power Five administrators and decision makers saying the quiet part out loud when Brett McMurphy reports a quote from a Big Ten, Big 12, whatever it was, official, Pac-12 official, saying that y'all aren't covering the right story. Effectively, they're willing to sacrifice this season and you're not getting to watch football to protect the farce that is amateurism. Mm-hmm. They're saying it out loud to you now, and you're still on the side of this group. We should be getting football. The way to be getting football is to do it like the NBA. The NFL is going to do this. No fans in the stands. They're going to profit off of a ton of TV. They're going to socially distance the best they can, but it's going to be testing, 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 always testing. They've got the money to pour it into testing constantly and contact tracing, and all the things that you have to do to be able to play. The NBA, it's worked. Bubbles have worked. The issue for college football and college athletics is these kids don't get those same type of opportunities, those same type of protocols, and those same type of benefits. Instead, they've got to assume all the risk. And you've already seen kids that were going to be first-round picks Go out there and say, I'm not playing then. Why would they assume all the risk just so that the coaches and the ADs can make their millions? The fans get shortchanged here, and it sucks. Recruits are getting shortchanged here, and it sucks. But it just shows you the greed of college football that they're now saying the quiet part out loud, and they're willing to sacrifice this because they, they know that their cash cow is really close to being put down. And they're going to cling to dear life to it. And it sucks. We should be getting football, David. We should be getting football. If we just all acknowledge the problem and we went towards a uniform decision and a uniform approach. Instead, all the Power Five conferences are just making their own decisions. And now, here we are. Yeah, but that gets back to the NCAA passing the buck from a liability standpoint. And they're embarrassing. They're embarrassing. Yeah, they're embarrassing. Ole Miss planning to spend upwards of $60,000 per week during the season, more than a half million dollars for the season on COVID testing. Players will be tested on Sundays and Wednesdays. Those tests that are given on Sundays and Wednesdays Take 48 hours to get the results back. So you test on Sunday, you'll know Tuesday. You test on Wednesday, you'll know Friday. And then an instant test will be given on Friday before you depart campus for the team hotel or get on the airplane to fly wherever you're playing. Will be given again. So that's three times a week. And that's SEC protocol, basically. So they're doing what they can do. But that's one and a half million dollars for a Financially struggling athletic department. It's a lot of money. Lots of money. And they're doing what they can, but they're not the NFL. No. Testing can't be, in, you know, infinite. 
And um, it can't be every day, you know, it, and the turnaround be the next well, day or twenty four hours or whatever. Ben, two two and a half weeks ago, there was one active COVID case within the Ole Miss football program. One. As of Friday, there were six, with an additional ten players in quarantine due to close contact. That's sixteen. You're going to deal with that every single week, fluctuations like that. There's going to be a week roll around that your offensive line is not available to you. There's going to be a week roll around that two quarterbacks aren't available to you. Your wide receiving core is out. It's going to be a hodgepodge of mishaps. That's why this is about to be over. That's about to be over. Yeah, so you've got to get used to that. Uh, You know, you're going to have weeks where members of the coaching staff are going to be out for two games because they're quarantined due to close contact. And the SEC really in their wisdom, took it out of the hands of the universities and contracted a third-party testing provider. That's a good move. That, that was a good care. move. Yeah, good move. Doesn't care if it's Alabama or Ole Miss or Florida or Georgia. You test positive, you're out. And they're calling those shots. So, uh, I mean, just imagine how crazy this season is going to be. It could be Friday. Right before you get on the airplane to fly to Texas A&M, that you find out John Rice Plumley, Matt Corral, not available that week. And Kincaid Dent gets his first start as a Rebel quarterback. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm just saying that's the situation we're going to be playing with. That is it. And that's why it's not going to happen because the heart condition problem, that's what did it in. That's it. Yeah, it did. 100%. 100%. And there are things. They still don't know about this virus. I mean, Ben, I've been out of the hospital three months. Yeah, three you're, months a li- you're living proof of the virus and the effects it has on people. Yeah, my voice is still not back because of lung capacity. Now, I had a severe case of it, as severe as you could get. And I'm not a 22-year-old college athlete by any stretch of the imagination, so they're better off than I, I am. But the heart situation, I've got it. I mean, I've got a rapid heartbeat. It's slowly going down. But when I was in the hospital, it was 135, 140 beats per minute. A month ago, it it had kind of planed out about 115 beats per minute. Now it's down to 90, which is getting a lot more closer to normal. But, um, you know, you've got a kid out there playing college football in that strenuous environment. That could be deadly. They know it. They realize it. Nobody wants the liability of it. And you're exactly right. That's going to be the straw that eventually breaks the camel bag. camel's back. And when I say eventually, it's coming this week. Oh, it's it's coming this week, yeah. which, again, gets back to the absurdity of all of this. People are still practicing all across America. Unbelievable. And I'm worried about our business. Heck, my wife and my oldest daughter are in school right now as we record, in person, in New Albany, Mississippi. She teaches third grade. Gracie's in second grade. In person. Yeah. We're homeschooling our six-year-old this year. It's just a personal decision we made. Uh, I'll be honest with you. My thoughts on it was the government's been wrong about everything with COVID at one point or another, and they're probably wrong about sending those kids back to school this week. Um, and I'm going to tell you, anything happens to my wife and kid, I know I've already got a bad mouth and I'm already loud, but I'm going to become the loudest dude in the room. 
It didn't have to be like this, and now we're losing football, and I'm worried about my wife and kids. I'm worried about us. I'm worried about the Spirit. And again, I want to thank all of the Spirit subscribers for hanging in there because God yeah. bless them. I mean, but golly, this is just the, this is the worst possible scenario, and it sucks. All right, before we get out of here, it's been doomsday, so this is going to be a completely ridiculous question, but give me three names, three recruit names, three Ole Miss targets that Ole Miss fans should be paying attention to. That we've talked about one in Antonio Harmon. Um, Harmon is, uh, to me, and he has been for a long time, the whole jewel in the state of Mississippi. Um, and, I, and then I'm going to be brutally honest with you. I'm not going beyond that, Ben, at this point. No Malachi Bennett for you anymore? Malachi Bennett is committed to UAB. He is no longer on the market. Wow. Committed to UAB yesterday, as a matter of fact. Wow. Saturday. Wow. So uh, I will say this. Uh, the cop kid, the quarterback, K-O-P-P, cop kid, not a uh, not a police officer <laughs> uh, from Houston, Texas, a quarterback. I think he's going to join this class. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, man, it's so screwy out there right now. Showed you so how much screwy. I've been paying attention to recruiting. I had no idea. Malachi Bennett, a committed to UAB. No clue. Yeah. Yeah, committed to UAB, his hometown. Oh, so uh, he's going to stay there. But, again, is that a COVID effect right there? Exactly. Hey, I ain't going Staying home. home. I'm yeah. right here at home with my family. Yeah. I'm going to stay home. So I, I think I think you'll see cop. If only J.J. Pegues was in this class, right? Yeah, that may have helped. <laughs> Wouldn't be down at Auburn. But that's the thing. Listen. The transfer market is fissing to explode. Oh, yeah. Let me, tell you, let me tell you this. And I'm not talking about any program in particular. But the longer you don't play this season, the bigger opportunity it is for younger guys on that roster to make a move and overtake older guys on that roster and become field-ready outside the order of that uh, – of, when they normally would, and you're going to see some older guys hit the transfer portal that, 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 you know, some of them may be jaw dropping, but they're going to be like, okay, this guy's passing me up. Where can I go and finish my career the way I want to finish it? You're going to see that. You're going to see guys who are just going to go, you know what? I'm 300 miles from home. I want to get closer. And, and give Lane and his staff credit for that because they've been all over that. Guys that have been available to they them. They have. Yeah. And, and I think that they're kind of forward-thinking in that way, too. While some schools might be still sticking to the old model of, let's recruit high school, highly ranked kids, and let's recruit JUCOs when we have to to fill spots, not taking advantage of the transfer market or understanding the dynamics of the transfer market, uh, you're going to be behind because it's about to explode. True. And Lane and them have shown that they're all about the transfer market. <laughs> dip into it every which way. No doubt about it. And that's going to be something else that, you know, it's not like we're not going to have anything to do, we as writers, if there's not a football season. There's going to be plenty of storylines out there. It's just the rapidity in which uh, they develop. Yeah. You know. Uh, and not we may be, about uh, games is going to suck. Yeah, no kidding. It definitely is. Uh you know, I guess uh, you know we could we could play them weekly on the Xbox or something and report yeah. what happened. 
Um, you know, why not? Well, uh, there's a esports team at Ole Miss now. Whatever that means, uh, I haven't paid it very much attention. I've actually talked we, to Mike. Find... I've talked to a couple of other coaches. I mean, I thought about going into the baseball facility, wearing my mask, of course, and uh, they got a hitting simulator, and just recording me flailing around while Mike Clement puts me in the Philly stadium in their hitting simulator, and I just whiff and whiff and whiff. That's the kind of content we'll have to put together, I guess. Embarrass Ben. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to be creative. I like the Embarrass Ben series. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah, I think I'm gonna make do. you get some shoulder pads on you too. Oh my God, that'd be so great. Eli would do it with me. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he would. Yeah. I mean, he he lay my yeah. ass out. You That'd line up as a, you line up as a nose tackle, and um. Yeah. Yeah. Let him blast you a couple times. See yeah. what happens. Embarrassed Ben, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I like okay. Embarrassed Ben. Yeah. All That's right. That's good stuff. All right. He's David Johnson at well, Rebels two four seven on Twitter. Writes with me at the Ole Spirit Ole Spirit dot com for the two four seven sports. Make me feel better before I let you go. Fine, young man. I admire you. What do you want me to say? <laughs> Look, man, we're living, we're 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 living in Thunderdome. It's um, I mean, it's it's football Armageddon right now. I I don't know how to make you feel better. Yeah, I mean, you got to put your black leather on your spikes and grab your club and survive. That's what's going on here. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're out we're out in the desert in a dune buggy, man, with no water. <laughs> And the gas tank's about empty. Um, oh I mean, I wish I, could, I wish I could make everybody feel better. The only thing I can say is we're going to continue to work our butt off, giving you the storylines. And as Ben has said profusely throughout this segment, thank you all. And that's from the bottom of our heart, our mm-hmm. family's hearts. On behalf of Chuck and Yancey, thank you all for, for being with us on the Ole Miss Spirit. And reach out to us. Oh, there's a golden time. Let need me that. know what you want to know about. Yeah, need that. Need that for sure. And I'll tell you what, Absolutely. here it is to end this. The feel-good story is right now. It's David Johnson talking right now. That's the feel-good story. That's what makes me feel better that I hey. still get to talk to you. So there you go. Thank you, buddy. Well, yeah, as, uh, somebody on uh, Twitter last night whose uh, handle is Big Earn McCracken, which is from the movie Kingpin, Bill Murray's character. Um, on the movie Kingpin said, Hey, I was glad to see you back. And as I responded to him, I said, Yep, I was almost Munson, which is uh, Woody Harrell's character, Woody Harrelson's character on, on Kingpin, who found out later in life that his last name had become uh, uh, a verb for, uh, you know, getting screwed when he, he was a bowler and had his hand cut off. <laughs> Such a tragic story. But uh, I was not Munson, thank God. I sincerely mean that. So uh, thank you, Ben. I'm glad to be here. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.